Unified We Stand. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Osei Nation. This is Marilyn Stark. It is now early July 5th, 2020, as I gather up my thoughts for our nation after having observed President Trump lead in the Independence Day celebrations. In the spirit of America's Independence Day, July 4th, it gives me special moment to have the honor to address the larger day before us in this podcast. Indeed, it is our freedom we wish to preserve as we do observe the tense moments of civic unrest that have caught on in several of our nation's cities. These riots seem to be some counterpart to some political far-left movement here in America, whose overall message seems to be that there are those who would want to take our freedom into their own revolting hands somehow, by ending democracy and substituting it with socialism. Yet, socialism would be a digression from humanity, since socialism promotes poverty, widespread poverty. It is famously rumored that certain anti-philanthropic bad actors of immense wealth are funding some of the atrocious rioting that is occurring here in America, much to our demeaned and dangerously compromised status, since we are more a peaceful nation. To deem this proposed new governmental form democratic socialism as an introductory ploy is euphemizing what is more likely to turn into tyranny as the wealth of Americans would be so meanly confiscated and redistributed or countermanded into governmental hands and into those hands of a ruling few. Indeed, if these rioters, these looters and vandals, even lack sincerity of purpose, since they are just paid to commit mayhem, then this is sheer brute mentality that grips us. Have these unruly ones, these few rioters, now entered the political stage as mere thoughtless and paid mercenaries? Do they harbor half-baked, poorly thought-out ideals, such that they are just bought commodities on a market to revolutionize mankind into a quixotic global system of governing and economics? Do they even know the greater possible consequences of their employ to deface our places and commit gross acts of terroristic violence at all? In fact, if they are being paid by an upper echelon of wealthy people, then how would anyone suppose that these wealthy ones these sophistic talkers, would ever propose to turn kind and benevolent unto you or me after the mayhem they had fomented, that they would wish the people widely unto good provisions and fairness and equality with a guaranteed continuation of our current way of life and dignity as citizens, would be counter-thematic to their methods. Would it not be most probable that their unenlightened postures towards us, towards mankind together, to so treat us not for our intellects and political savvy, but for our innocent vulnerability to violence, would it not be most probable that these unenlightened, grabby materialists would be inundated by still more greed, more corruption, and more mayhem towards some long-ended settlement with us citizens? Would such a settlement bar us from raising a voice to really be heard at all? Would such oppression 
rule the people as according to their tyrannical terms, terms that would be consonant only with their true ideals of accomplishment to so destroy a perfectly beautiful nation. Our one, our great America. Are these communists or something? Do these communists so target our nation of the United States of America? A nation that is unified by truth and has been historically unified by truth because it was born of truth. By that truth of the sacred individual was it born. It is the sacred individual who actually renders over to the government the right that all individuals might be so governed in the very first place. And thus it is that we have been born a nation, but a nation that is only comprised of individuals. Thus it is, by the power and place of this sacred individual whose rights are granted by the Creator, that we, a God-sent nation, are unified as according to concepts of philosophical wisdom of the Founding Fathers. The Founding Fathers were men who with great courage had to transcend tyranny in their own time. Most importantly, these great founders of our republic were able to draft the Constitution that put their humane and compassionate philosophical eye to practical worth, even that it was visionary in its own time where the world was invested widely in, econo in economies run by slavery. They helped to create a working democratic federal republic that unmistakably does not deserve to be brutalized in the way we are seeing it brutalized, not only by the rioters, but also by elected officials who refuse to apply the rule of law, for instance, in certain cities run by far leftist mayors. The sense of power in the mightily rich that wish to throw our nation into turmoil domestically can cause a concentration of greed for more power and the deep control of wealth, and our property rights would go under to their political whim. This is dangerous to our heritage and to our pursuit of happiness, to our collective sense of equality in fact. The foregoing statements that leap to the topic of governmental changeover to socialism for our great America must preface this entire podcast. It simply must. Why? Just observe the image-hungry mongrels of truth who wield bricks and bats and kerosene platforms to destroy public property and terrorize our cities so mercilessly, as if this is the way to make change in a system they may well revile besides being paid. Just observe their imposing assaults on our domestic peace, and you will ask yourself, why this? What can be the matter? There is no organized, meticulously organized dissenter who speaks for them all. These street gangs seem somehow disconnected from one another with destruction and violence as their only common feature? Or is there some unlying sentiment of political will that seems to be lurking around the corner as these unruly charges set about the destruction of any cornerstone of history in the form of a statue or monument they can manage to deface or even decimate somehow? If the analysis is to be sourced properly as to its origins, there is plenty of evidence to point to an entire movement that has been behind the scenes and also in the air 
for some time in this great country of America. This widespread uncivil behavior is no coincidence that we are witnessing, that is for certain. Indeed, we can see even in some of our leaders in Washington, who have waxed greatly to the left, that there is an attempt to subvert the rule of law and to make the three branches of government more malleable to a socialistic flank of enterprising history-makers, whose task is to end our democracy as we now know it. The legislative branch is invading the executive branch by a partisan impeachment of our duly elected president, President Donald Trump, a legal fiasco that can be turned around by re-electing him, as was explicated in the previous episodes of Osei Nation. The violent death of George Floyd while in police custody on the street has sparked political demonstrations across America. People have taken to the streets and parks in great numbers to voice protests over the single concept of police brutality. Moreover, superimposed upon that protestation is the concept of racial prejudice as the cause of police brutality. Some of the demonstrators have set out to pose peaceful demonstrations. Yet, these peaceful demonstrations have become for other and unfortunately violent factions their adopted battlegrounds. From soil now sullied and made sordid by hatred of nation, and from victimized city streets violently wild scenes of rioters, have arisen suddenly in the pre-election presidential season, capturing media screens for weeks on end. Buildings and cars have been smashed or set afire while looters rob stores through broken show windows. Businesses have been attacked and leveled, perhaps forevermore, at the hands of criminals acting openly and viciously in blind rage towards innocent, hard-working people who had built those businesses. People have died in this mayhem. Crime rates in the major cities have catapulted into an unreal surge beyond belief. Some states are letting prisoners out of prison in the midst of this literal nightmare due to policies somehow formed in response to the pandemic. Liberal elected city officials are letting criminals go back onto the streets the day after they are, are arrested for serious crimes on no bail. This must be the rule of the underworld that is attempting to overtake us and end the rule of law. We see events in succession where hateful slogans are touted here, whilst over there an angry mob faces off lines of policemen who stand ready, trying to keep a decorum based upon the democratic right to political dissent, to honor our freedom of speech and freedom of expression. I saw a video where a demonstrator yelled out her hatred at a police officer, accusing him and all police of being the problem. However, not one officer in the line flinched. Not one officer responded in like mode. These stalwarts who represent our rule of law, these well-trained officers of the law, acted with stone-faced indifference and took the abuse silently, as if it was their duty to do so for the good of all. In this way, verbal conflagration did not build to a peak of public and police brutality that could have resulted in the loss of life and limb. What peace could be engendered beyond an angry, boisterous crowd was skillfully sought out by the police. The peace in the mind's eye of that officer guided everyone and was guarded by proper moral and ethical conduct 
even as all of these police were standing in possible danger. For the angry can turn irrationally violent, even without warning, let alone past the preface of vitriolic hatred being yelled at face-to-face and close quarters with a pointed finger. Police widely are even facing the abstract, extreme political concept that they should be defunded in many liberal, far-left platforms, put together to challenge the domestic tranquility for the purpose, as some see it, of an overthrow of our very government. Would an overthrow of of our police not be the first real step accordingly to a total overthrow? Just when we need police protection the most, the ugly minds of so-called liberators lift up their concepts out of some hellish den where they now more transparently plot on our domestic tranquility in this strange, absurd call for no more police. Even a child who has not reached the age of reason can see past that ridiculous ploy. Elementary school children everywhere should be consulted on the matter. At this time in our history, the entire nation's political breath is at times held in abeyance to the power of the brutish to bully our peace past the heritage we hold as a great nation with a rich history of compassion for all in the shining light of the democratic philosophy we all hold so dear, that every citizen is born free with inalienable rights granted by the Creator, and that we thus are all equal. Yet there are those who would want to indiscriminately insult our finest moments to our great heroes, our finest monuments to our great heroes, to abolish them and crash them to the earth as if they, the destroyers, are better than those who brought about our very growth, development, and greatness somehow. This is as if to say that to destroy our past is to open a door to a new future, a new country, one that could be better somehow. But who among us would trust a gangster over a gentleman? Who among us would ever have believed that anyone would want to topple, to deface, or to remove, on ideological grounds, a statue of Abraham Lincoln? President Lincoln performed an impossible feat by finessing out his deepest hatred of slavery across a cosmic political divide. Moreover, he did this over time, causing through his leadership a reshaping of the politics over slavery. Is his face not sad enough to portray the momentous momentous human travail he so valiantly and uniquely took on as he ended slavery that had taken root in early geographic America, centuries indeed before the Constitution was written? Are we expecting a wild and purportedly bought group of, yes, simple mercenary masked marauders to politically acquiesce that even Lincoln's image might live on in place with dignity after the destruction of the statues of such heroes as Grant, who led the Union to victory in the Civil War, of Jefferson, who wrote the Declaration of Independence, of George Washington, who courageously led militarily to win our independence from Great Britain in the American Revolution, Was Lincoln's face not sad enough to have escaped this contemporaneous 
horrible, mobbing sentiment after all? Their sentiment just screams out in such a contrary-wise way from our dignified national composure as it revolts barbarically from that composure. How can this terrible, destructive sentiment live in the minds of those who set out to destroy in effigy all greats, all heroes, no matter who, so as to take down the birth and growth of our great nation, symbolically at least? Is this the message, if there is one behind this blind assault upon our domestic tranquility, to which we are daily subjected? Then if this picture of things in America today is being painted for us by a violent, rude few, who so meanly insult our nation's heritage, symbolically and with crimes uncountable, so that citizens may be living in fear in some unfortunate places, some God-forsaken neighborhoods, what are we to do? What can we do? President Trump has steadfastly and with courage led us through what is called Russiagate by some... Yet this hoax by an organized faction could never prove that Trump or Trump's campaign colluded with Russia so as to win his place as our president. Indeed, the very origins of the Mueller investigation are now being vetted by the rule of law in our great nation. General Flynn... Trump's first national security adviser, had been framed in the Mueller investigation and charged with lying to the FBI about conversations with Russia's ambassador. In Flynn's seeking a new counsel, Sidney Powell, who believed in Flynn's innocence, mountains of evidence were presented that allowed Flynn to maintain that he had been entrapped by the FBI. He has asked the judge to drop the case. The FBI created statements that Flynn had made that he did not make, nor did they record his interview with the FBI. During the Mueller investigation that had charged Flynn with lying to the FBI about his conversations with the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, about possible sanctions to be placed on Russia, the prosecutors left out things Flynn had said that would have demonstrated his innocence, and further maintained he had said things that he did not say. Essentially, the FBI committed obstruction of justice against Flynn. By concocting evidence against Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, they created a fictitious case against him so that they could accuse President Trump of obstruction of justice as an impeachable offense. However, this was all an impeachment hoax. As it currently stands on May 7, 2020, the Department of Justice moved to drop the Flynn case. In a highly unusual and reportedly eccentric action, the federal judge presiding over Flynn's case refused to comply with the Department of Justice's move to drop Flynn's case and instead is prolonging it by appointing a friend of the court to prepare arguments that will oppose the government's dismissal motion. Then next on the agenda of Troubles for America, for the Trump administration, after the Russia hoax and the impeachment case of our president, the COVID-19 virus pandemic took the day. President Trump has had to lead us through that threat to life here in America, and we also have been giving as generously as we can to nations who simply cannot afford such things as respirators and PPE or personal protective equipment, 
as they also must face this global health matter. For whatever pseudoscience and political opportunism the pandemic has inculcated upon political man, this COVID-19 pandemic is something the likes of which we have not seen ever before as an entire mankind. Yes, there is pseudoscience all about the place in connection with this pandemic of odd origins. The corporate-owned leftist political outlets that used to be fair-minded news broadcasters are now profiteering on our reality as a nation in a chosen, unreal manner as they are busily accusing everyone who is conservative of irresponsible and inadequate policies and measures to protect the citizenry. Indeed, these probable agenda-driven propagandists are busy playing another round of Russian roulette with President Trump. However, this time, they are playing with a deadly game of what medicines work and don't work regardless of scientific literature. The question then becomes, how soon can we get a vaccine? How can the economy be restarted if nobody should return to work or school with the virus still present and threatening us? This question is in the here and now interfaced even still after the largest shutdown of the economy as a global entity in the entire history of the world? Yet we Americans are the leaders in the global markets. The world commerce turns on the dollar and measures against the U.S. dollar. Why do some Democratic Party governors want to balk at President Trump and hold him responsible for their enthusiastic will to stay shut down economically past the emergent need to restart or else lose lives in a different manner than from the COVID-19 disease itself? Is the economic health of our nation not on the line here? And is this a matter for the delight of the Democratic Party rulers who want to simply fell Trump as president in the upcoming election? These are the ponders of the Trump administration nowadays, and certainly they are the matters before the American people on a daily basis as we are, we are reminded each time we don a mask in close public places or suffer joblessness or hopelessness. What are exactly our burdens today in America? We have the challenging events of the impeachment of President Trump that threaten our very constitution and rule of law. We have the pandemic with the resultant task to bravely end the startling economic shutdown of America. Now we must bear the riots. These unusual burdens on our nation's shoulders all preceded the booming economy that came back to life and back to America's own greatness under the tutelage of the Trump administration with the genius of President Trump, a true businessman, at the helm. Listen to the words of our President on Independence Day of 2020. Hear his praises in eloquent poetic phrases. Just listen to President Trump's praises of the great heroes who built this nation as he lifts these heroes back up from some hoodlums who would put them in a desecrator's grave. How deeply inspired by this President's Independence Day eulogia on the behalf of our heroes of yore are you. 
for you are that blessed American. Do you lift your eyes to the Creator and implore divinity itself yet for peace and for the longevity of our great democracy and its constitution? Do you realize how heroically the Trump administration has worked in the face of all that our nation has countenanced since he took office? And furthermore, how much he has accomplished despite the obstacles? Where do we turn now? Indeed, will this great president of ours, Donald Trump, succeed and win the next election and continue to build back what we had lost in years previous to his? How? We must trace our greatness through the early thinkers who actually drafted the Constitution. These early thinkers persuaded the first citizens to accept the Constitution. Thinkers such as Thomas Paine, Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, and James Madison had to persuade the people to accept the federal side of ideation in country building as opposed to the Confederate side of thinking. So if, if we were to indeed work to understand how such founding thinkers derived our form of government, would we not be blessed as if in some garden of light on all topics political? Yet simultaneously, would these topics become for us inviting for, for humanity's sake? For how can we presume in this day besieged as we are with monumental health threats being charted out for us almost daily by leading doctors and scientists? How can we presume with modern warfare, armamentaria, as it sits ready in times of contestation? How can we presume with national leaders shocking us patriots as they bend to a lesser, inferior form of government, as if capitalism is not good enough for them, whilst at the same time this great nation is built indeed upon the very power of wealth through capitalism? How can we presume that we will be okay even if a professional politician is elected to become but an empty-headed chief executive yes-man funnel to such disorderly upstarts that have put in their roots in Washington in the name of our once vibrant Democratic Party. The following question must seem worthy of the asking even to the most simple thinker. Can these people miss that point of the success of capitalism? Or rather, do they have some scheme that they are trying to hide from us, whilst they really cannot so hide it? I think so. Do you? These questions, themes, and events ring in the ears of many of the caring and loving, hard-working, patriotic Americans who are being bombarded by propaganda in the name of news what Trump fittingly calls fake news. For it was President Trump who called us back to the fore of our greatness with his slogan, Make America Great Again. Then, by an apt method of keeping his promises like no other president has done in our living memories, Trump has kept leading through all trials and challenges and vicissitudes that have risen to a crisis level in these recent times with outstanding energy and precision of focus in the true nature of our American heritage and our American identity 
as it derives from our history. Well, then, let us unify on the point before us. This greatness of President Trump is because President Trump is all American. He loves America. Love for America is what we need right now. And it is, in, it is needed not just on the streets where those forsaken ones cry from their unfortunately broken hearts or from their needs to fill their wallets. Love for America is needed from the true American patriots who will stand up for their country when needed. And that means you. Oh, say, nation, we must stand behind Trump, even if some of us have to cross a party line to do it as we vote him back into office in November 2020. If you can see the other side of things if you do cross the party line and vote for Trump, you will leap across that simple line. In one fell swoop would you join in a unified movement to see our country secured from the grips of communism under the term socialism instead. Yes, indeed, we must unify now and swoop down on the leading issue before us as a people like so many majestic eagles soaring to capture the heights heavenward, the very heights of heaven from which we were as a nation born, I can see that so many citizens will see the call to freedom's flight and swoop back down to earth from their prayer to capture, to preserve what is being methodically taken from us, our freedom in the form of our democracy. Swoop back down to earth and escape at once that quixotic cloud of some talkers who would persuade you that you are not great enough to even realize a sense of equality in this nation that was built on the very foundation that we are born free and equal. For what else has made us great? What else has engendered our scientific creativity to free mankind from the evil of slavery? What else has given us the moment and power to create an industrial boom under the pressure of urgent needs such as during World War? and now during a rebuilding of America under Trump, now again during a pandemic to build needed respirators. What else has driven our warriors, time after time, to be the best, the bravest, the most formidable on the battlefield? This greatness of Americans arises from a righteous heart that beats in the American individual and was bred in our founding thinking, our American philosophical matrix that we must live to give all, not just our own, a chance to be free as according to natural laws that are engendered by the Creator and are cited in our founding documents. Where did that righteousness come from? It came from our founding days and has lived on to conquer the greatest mountain of evil that had run mankind for centuries from antiquity, slavery. No, we Americans did not invent slavery. We inherited it, and then we conquered it. Remember that. Remember that and give equality a chance. For a sense of equality is attainable as long as tyranny never truly overtakes us. That is how I clearly see this juncture in our history. I see a call to all to vote for Trump. If you convert to the political party that ended slavery, the Republican Party, you will be forever reveling in the self and in the truth that believes that the individual is it.
Government starts with the individual. You are that individual, and you do not need to be bought over with empty, hollow promises of great days, of halcyon ease of life, with a just government providing what you cannot provide for yourself due to the nature of the world and due to the resignation of the self, meaning you. Do not surrender to this philosophical hogwash that is being touted by a liberal left, that is being made even more liberal by a radical left, that now runs the House of Representatives in Washington, destroying our long-standing two-party system. This hogwash is philosophically purported long enough to get you to cry uncle and give in to a group of illegalizing government bandits who, unfortunately, had ever been voted into office to perform legislative ledger domain. Half the time, if that. There's nothing inherently wrong with this challenge to save our form of government, since those who have been quietly, steadily, and even secretly engineering its downfall across decades just differ in ideological stance. That is all it is, and there is nothing to fear in them if we unite against them and retain our greatness as leader of the democratic nations in this world. What can we do as citizens to keep our freedoms from crumbling before our eyes? Must our freedoms fall to a corrupt few in Washington who have earned the categorical name of swamp creatures by those who follow the outsider to D.C. by the name of Donald Trump? Wherein lies the deeper truth that will shore up the longevity of our system of government while an organized faction that wears an amorphic face, tries to hoodwink us into believing that Trump is even a traitor, no less. Now, from that quixotic platform, would some faction try to both run the country and overthrow its government simultaneously, at the expense, then again, of the taxpayer? Does this paint the picture of what actually confronts us? In seeking for an answer as to how to understand why some political thinkers deem it necessary to end our form of government and substitute a socialistic one in its place, I realized that there is an issue over the concept of and the reality of equality, such that it is widely believed that the two do not match. <laughs> that the two do not match. In the next episode of Osei Nation, we will tap our roots that have guided our democratic way of thinking, living, and governing over the centuries since the ratification of our Constitution in 1787. We will come to see how this question of the rift between equality and the realization of a sense of equality for Americans can be treated. Based upon race, gender, or other factors, there arises doubt in the minds of many many of us, as to how well advanced or evolved we truly are in the field of equality for minorities alike. If we do not self-examine and introspect to see if there is a way to build a useful and compassionate perspective towards our customs and culture, so that an all-inclusive framework of thinking might build a better place for all in the abstract first, at least, then we do not know ourselves as well as we think we do. However, there is a danger when such a lack of self-awareness in the average American can be applied 
then again to our entire system of government, when power-hungry Marxists start to convince you or try to convince you that the problem lies in how others perceive you and not in your own self-realization instead. This is a subtle insult that becomes profound once you see it. It is how others take you over. I truly believe that the average political wisdom of the American is more immune to media diatribe that touts an end to our culture and to our democratic form of government than those who try to believe the opposite and push the leftist agenda upon us all, even through violence on the streets. Yes, we are making the case to preserve that government when we have standing before us a most robust and brilliant president who needs to be re-elected to save this, this great democracy from socialism. And this is a large statement indeed. We are deciding, hopefully, by the power of this, my lengthy, my lengthy, carefully thought-out persuasion, to stand unified behind our proposition that Donald Trump is the correct presidential candidate for our longevity and for the longevity of our sheer greatness as a nation. Nevertheless, my own method of pursuit of the deeper aspects of what is ahead of us as a nation of voters who rely upon their representatives in our local, state, and federal governments is that our Constitution needs and deserves to be studied from first fundamentals up. You do not have to be an expert to accomplish an understanding of this, and I do not claim to be an expert myself. I am only curious, firstly, and secondly, I have always loved political science. However, there are also the exact qualifications any citizen would need, whether in the 1700s listening to or reading the leading thinkers, or today when we are in a political hot seat as a nation, vying for a return to peaceful and respectful discourse and for simple preservation in tough times. Handily for us, those first fundamentals that compose the foundation of our written constitution do lie, or better put, they do exist in real writing for us to read and ponder. They come from our founding fathers in the Federalist Papers. So to study, then, how the Constitution was derived from a conceptual basis in the clear light of our gifted founding thinkers in reference to the problem of the power of faction to destroy our nation, to overtake our very system of government itself, will enlighten us as to how we can, as a people, guard our heritage and destiny. For first and foremost, we must certainly believe in our system of government if we are to preserve it. Moreover, too much propaganda is alive today that can attenuate the better-thinking mind that lives in all of us. We can tap that better-thinking mind if we slow down instead and think for ourselves a bit, even, in the face of the odd juxtaposition of our civil liberties between the state and the self in times of a total lockdown in this pandemic. We are bigger than that. The mainstream media has become the mainstream media, filled with angry, hot, open bias and open prevaricative assaults on fine people who are honest and outstanding, even heroic people. For we do not have to look far to find our brilliant leaders and thinkers and doers among us. Think of our three-star American general, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, whose legal case is being placed now upon a platform of historic proportions so as to defend the rule of law. 
the abuse he had taken with the threat placed upon him to ruin his son brought about immense persecution that he has shouldered out of his great patriotic heart for all, for you, for America. Think of him and fight for what you believe in against all odds. You are the voter. You are the deepest, most profound determinant in this political time we witness. All the heroes live for you. All the heroes have lived for you historically. Freedom-loving people do not give up easily. As the battle of stolen destiny is the greatest battle an individual can fight since it is fraught with danger, so is the battle of stolen destiny of an entire nation the greatest battle that a nation can fight since that battle is fraught with danger. This is the case in point before us. With this urgent need to guard our nation's destiny as a nation of free people, in its comprise, we must find our way accordingly. We can find out how our nation was ideated at its inception at least, on the topic of how faction can fell a nation, since that is precisely what we face today. Indeed, the United States of America was created by the unusual intellectual gifts of compassionate and deeply rational thinkers, such as Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, John Jay, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and Samuel Adams. The framers studied the failed governing systems of other nations in their time and before their time as they crafted a way to at once govern and yet still preserve the dignity and the freedoms and the equality of our great American people who arose indeed like pioneers in their own time. To design a nation that could be free and fair to all is indeed a tall order. But it is also one that has been feasible, as we have proven down the ages, from the 1700s to now. On that nice thought, do we await together the next episode of Osei Nation for some answers to our urgent questions at this time in our history of great political challenge, from the liberal flank and the growing radical left that is even worse than, than the liberals themselves. May God bless America. You, the voters, are the rulers in the deepest sense of the word. Our government is in our hands, the hands of the voters who choose their representatives to govern in a formal agreement as written in the Constitution. Thank you for listening, and may God bless America.